Blog Talk Radio. In beneficial situations by following the path of correct conduct. When we have achieved success, it is in our nature to want to relax and allow the ego to bask in glory. My position on progress is upliftment practiced through unity. Well, if you agree with this, you understand we don't have time to relax. And the only thing we should bask in is the light that makes us aware. Aware of the fact that only ascension will allow us to feel the warmth of God's wisdom. Position yourself so that with every breath you glow from the glare of inner strength. Welcome to my position in the sun. Thank you for tuning in to Far Rock Live on Blog Talk Radio. This is your host, Shirley, and I'm broadcasting from Durham, North Carolina. Our guest today is just calling in, so let me connect him. Minister Paul. Uh, Greetings. How are you today? I'm doing well, thank you. Thank you so much for calling in. You're welcome. And I really appreciate you being flexible with the scheduling as well. It's my honor. I trust you had a great day today. Oh, yes. Yes, indeed. So, listeners, today we have Minister Paul Scott with us, and he's the founder of the Masonic African Nation here in Durham, North Carolina. So, again, thank you for being a guest on our show. Uh, You're welcome. So can you outline a little bit about the mission of um, the Masonic African Nation and what exactly you do here in the community? Right. Uh, The Messianic African Nation is a group of brothers and sisters uh, in areas across the country who practice what we call African liberation theology. Uh, We use the Bible as a tool for liberation, not something that's just to make you jump up and shout up and down on Sunday morning, but actually to make uh, qualitative and quantitative changes in the community. Uh, Also approaching the Bible from an Afrocentric point of view. Uh, we teach the African origins of the uh, major religions, uh, Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. Uh, all have African origins. Our uh, platform and our base would mostly be uh, the Hebrew Israelite tradition. Uh, so that is what we, we teach in the Missing African Nation. And as far as uh, myself, I'm also an activist and, uh, I guess, a hip-hop writer. Thank you for that. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about this article that was mm-hmm. published uh, here in Durham in the, the Herald Sun newspaper. Right. Well, what was your inspiration behind that? Um, what was what were you trying to say? And before you do that, let me uh, read the title. The um, title of the article is The Black Scars of the Past Cut Deeply. Yeah, that's the title of the editors that the Herald Sun put on it. My actual title was The Miseducation of Black Children. Uh, but, you know, anytime we do an op-ed piece, you know, it's up to the editor's discretion uh, what they're going to call it. But my, the title on my blog and the title that uh, I really wrote was The Miseducation of Black Children, which to, which to me uh, was a little more focused uh, than the title that the Herald Sun put on it. But other than that, uh, no words were changed and everything else is intact. Okay, so the title may have been a little too strong for their well, presentation. I, yeah, I mean, I don't know how the editors go about, you know, choosing what title to put on it, but uh, yeah, I think my title is a little better. 
Well, it works in any case. You definitely are getting a lot of points across. I'm sure you've gotten a lot of comments on the article as well. Yeah, I mean, I've gotten comments on the article. Um, actually, I wrote a hip-hop version uh, that went international uh, called uh, it's, it's Rap, it's uh, Hip-Hop uh, Mentally Challenged Music. And that actually went in the uh, Hell Sun op-ed was just local. Uh, but actually, the uh, hip-hop version of the article that I wrote, they really uh, critiqued the current state of hip-hop, actually went international. Uh, we were blessed to be interviewed in South Africa and in the States in Chicago, uh, South Florida, um, Las Vegas, and a few other places. So talk to us about the miseducation of the Negro. Hey, the miseducation of the Negro. Uh, was a book published by Dr. Carter G. Wilson back in 1933, uh, dealing with the not only the educate lack of uh, educational opportunities that African Americans have, but also even those of us who have been blessed to get a, I guess, higher education, mm -hmm. uh, post high school education. Dr. Carter G. Woodson, who, by the way, was the founder of Negro History Week, now known as Black History Month, his thing was that in this country, uh, we're not really given an education that will actually free us from mental slavery. It's more of indoctrination. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's his whole premise in the book. I guess the most famous quote uh, from the miseducation of the Negro that, you know, a lot of people might not remember anything else from the book. They remember reading how many years ago, whenever they read it, that, if you control a man's thinking, uh, you don't have to worry about his actions. That was probably the, one of the most powerful statements ever made uh, by a black person. So do you think that holds true today, though, that as far as the education system goes, it's more of an indoctrination into mainstream society? Yeah. Um, one motivational speaker, I can't remember who, I think it was Les Brown. Uh, Les Brown, uh, I remember hearing him a couple years ago, and he was talking about how, uh, you know, in the educational system or indoctrinational system, uh, you're basically uh, studying for a test. Uh, you give them an A, you know, they give you a test and you answer A, B, or C, and you get either A, B, C, or D, or F on your, on your paper. And that's not really education because uh, an example people use is in the school system, uh, if you, they'll say, Christopher, who discovered America? And if you put Christopher Columbus, you get an A. If you put uh, somebody else, you get an a E. And we all know that Christopher Columbus did not discover America, but uh, based on the school system and how you get grades, in order that you would even have to tell a lie that Christopher Columbus discovered America just to get a passing grade. Uh, so that's one of the problems with the Western uh, system, of system of education. Uh, you know, once again, it's indoctrination, it's Western propaganda, uh, especially when it comes to black folks. Uh, we are not really reflected in the history books. I know when I was coming up in school 30-some-odd years ago, I'm 41 now, I know that uh, we didn't get much information about uh, African history and black history, uh, but, and I don't think that much has changed in the school system of the day. Basically, uh, it, I mean, it, right, especially now when everybody's just teaching for a test. You know, everybody's trying to, you know, do the no child left behind and mm -hmm. make sure their children pass the integrated testing at the end of the year, which really doesn't leave a lot of room uh, for uh, Afrocentric or cultural information. Mm -hmm. Well, at may maybe at the um, parochial and the middle school levels, 
But I think I think we're becoming a little more innovative and open to our black and we and the schools are more receptive to our black history. You know, we have Black History Month. We do have a whole month, you know, to well, celebrate our history and our culture. Yeah, and, but if if you look at not to cut you off, but if you look at what is even given as Black History Month, uh, not only in the school system but in the media as well, mm-hmm. uh, you get the same five people year after year. You get Martin Luther King. Uh, you get Rosa Parks, you get uh, um, uh, Dr. George Washington Carver, mm-hmm. and basically that's it. Um, like there were only three or four black people in in the history of the world. You know, I've always had a problem with uh, the focus of Black History Month being too narrow. Even what we consider Black History Month being too narrow, we really don't study Black history. We study African American history. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you go by what was was taught in the school systems. Uh, even up into the college level, for the most part, uh, they're concerned with 1619 uh, to the present. Uh, what happened before 1619? What happened before Jamestown? What happened before black people were brought here as enslaved, enslaved Africans? So, you know, we have a history that goes back thousands and thousands of years, uh, but under the misnomer of Black History Month, uh, that's not taught at all. And we also have a royal history as well, and I think um, one of the points that you're saying is we focus on the um, the slave history more so and the African history more so than a royal heritage of our people. Yeah. And that's not to over-glamorize African history. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like any other uh, history, European, or any other cultures throughout the world, African history is not devoid of problems. Uh, but uh, the problem is we're not, even, we're not told anything about our history, the good or the bad. Uh, one great book to read is from Babylon, to Timbuktu by Rudolf Windsor, uh, from Babylon to Timbuktu by uh, Rudolf Windsor, a uh, great book that you know talks about the various empires, uh, Donnie, Mali, and Sunghe, mm-hmm. and also the African origins of the people of the Bible. So you know if you have a child out there, uh, it's very easy reading. That would be a good book to actually start uh, someone who's not familiar with our ancient history. Uh, to start off with, from Babylon to Timbuktu by Rudolf Windsor. Well, what do you think it's going to take to change that, though? Um, because wouldn't it be incumbent upon us to, like, demand that? Or when we have the opportunity to research our history or to learn about our history, to um, portray other people other than the five main ones that mainstream society keeps putting before us? Because we have a rich heritage and a rich culture, and all of it needs to be explored, not just to focus on one or two or three uh, mainstream African-Americans? If we were in, in control of Black History Month, that whole month, if it was Afrocentric, African-sponsored, it would be an easy task, and it could be. But there's so much money coming from these uh, white-owned corporations, uh, not only white-owned corporations, but also Japanese corporations, or anyone who makes money off of uh, black people the other 11 months of the year. Uh, you see, I mean, if you look in Ebony Magazine, you see all the historical facts about black Americans during February. All of those pages are sponsored by white corporations. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Sears, uh, proud sponsor. Everybody's a proud sponsor of Black History Month, whether it be Sears, Walmart, et cetera. You know, they make a, it's a, a marketing scheme, really. Uh, mm-hmm. Even Denny's, Denny's 
of all people. You know, around Martin Luther King's birthday and Black History Month, you see a lot of ads uh, sponsored by Denny's. And if you can remember, not even, I think maybe seven, eight years ago, black people couldn't even sit in Denny's restaurant. Exactly. And, and in some states the, and cities, they still can't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and yet and still, uh, they're the proud sponsors of Black History Month. So uh, what kind of history is, is black history is Denny's really going to give you? And I agree with you, sister. Uh, that's why it's going to take the modern technology, the blog radio, which is wonderful, uh, blog radio, MySpace, YouTube, uh, we all, we do all kinds of foolish things with YouTube, which goes back to the miseducation mm-hmm. and dealing with especially the hip-hop generation. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are dances that start on YouTube that reach billions of people uh, in, in a matter of days. If you can remember, I don't know if you're familiar with Soldier Boy. Uh, Soldier Boy had a song called Crank That Soldier Boy. It was released uh, entirely on YouTube initially, and that dance spread like wildfire overnight. Uh, but because of miseducation, we can't apply that to education. Mm-hmm. Because of miseducation, we can't say, okay, I'm going to put history on YouTube. I'm going to put uh, history lessons on MySpace. Not everybody, because a few people are doing it, but the masses of people, uh, they're not using this technology to educate people. I, never, I always find it um, strange when I write an article and someone will ask me a question, you know, about my article. You know, well, what, can you give me some information about uh, what you're talking about, about black history? And they're sitting in front of a computer, and all they have to do is Google it themselves. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that never, never ceases to amaze you. So we're not taking full advantage of the technology that's before us, not at all. Facebook, MySpace, and the rest of them. Mm-hmm. We're not used to, to for mental upliftment. Absolutely. And I like one of the points that you made in your article. You said this is why the hip-hop generation has developed such a slang terms or such slang terms such as street knowledge and thug motivation in order to compensate for the economic educational disparity that they cannot understand nor properly articulate. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the slang word. If you talk to the young person about education, uh, one of the things they would say would, would be, uh, well, I have street knowledge. Uh, that's a term that was made by N.W.A. back in uh, about 1988, 89, around that era, uh, when the rap, so-called gangster rap group N.W.A. came out. Uh, the rapper Ice Cube kind of coined the phrase street knowledge. So uh, they they compensate for not understanding uh, the dynamics of the struggle of our people by saying street knowledge. And street knowledge basically is how to hustle. Uh, the way it's used in, in hip hop, when you use street knowledge, how to hustle, how to get over, uh, how to how to cut uh, cut, cut up rocks, cocaine, and, and things of that nature. So if you're looking at, at the whole thug motivation and uh, street knowledge uh, uh, slang, that's where it came from. Uh, rapping in Young Jeezy actually came out with thug motivation, and uh, if, if anybody's familiar with Young Jeezy, he's the rapper probably about four years ago we had the snowman t-shirts. Uh, they were selling a lot of, you saw a lot of young people walking around with t-shirts with snowmen on them. And, and it wasn't late until later that I guess the general public found out that the similar snowman meant a crack dealer. Mm. That's how the whole thug motivation movement came about. Okay, but and then there are, and you even cite in your article that there are some hip-hop artists who struggle um, to use their art to educate the masses. Oh, yeah, I mean, you won't hear it on K97.5 and 
Radio One stations and other commercial stations, but they're out there. Uh, NYO, um, uh, Mortals Head to Geek, uh, Professor Griff is still actually lecturing. I don't know if he's doing that much music now. He has a book coming out of the legendary Public Enemy. Uh, Public Enemy still has it's make uh, Public Enemy. Uh, the legendary rap group is still making music. Uh, X Clan is still making music. Uh, there's a rapper named Jafari X who has no profanity whatsoever in his music. Uh, he's addressing social issues. You have Paris uh, from the West Coast. Uh, but a lot of these uh, wise intelligent, uh, even uh, the rapper Nas, uh, this time around, is at least uh, saying something politically conscious. You know, you might not agree with uh, the language he uses or you might say, well, he's lacking substance in his assertions, uh, but at least he is trying to be a little political. So you do have all these artists out there, but you do not have a movement to get these artists played on commercial radio. Mm -hmm. I've heard a lot of uh, DJs over the years use the excuse uh, that the reason why they play the same five songs, Lil Wayne and the rest of them over and over again is because that is what uh, you request. Now, any sensible person would say, well, I don't, anybody who's ever called into a radio station knows that if the phone isn't busy, it just rings. Off the, it just rings. Mm -hmm. So it's virtually impossible uh, to get through to a radio station. So how they're saying these are the songs that you guys are requesting, that's not substantiated at all. Exactly. And I hate when they, when they say that as justification for playing that type of music. Yeah, I mean, and, and look at the image it gives to... Uh, highly susceptible young people exactly. uh, who are highly exactly. susceptible to peer pressure. Exactly. Oh, that, that's what everybody wants. So if I'm not doing this, I'm not like everybody else. I don't even know if they're aware of that damage they're doing just by peer pressure alone. When they you don't know who's aware. The, the DJs, uh, disc jockeys, radio personalities, when they put, that, put it out there that uh, this, is what you people, this is what people request because you're telling that young person, that they want to hear Lil Wayne every hour on the hour. Mm -hmm. And so nothing changes. Nothing changes well, do, because do you it's think that the norm. Do you think what the DJs play is being dictated to them what to play? Uh, Under the guise of this is what the people want to hear? You know, yeah, well, they, they try to play the other stuff, you know, yeah, they I'm, hear about it from their officials? You know, I'm not even worried about their officials. I'm worried about their conscience. Yeah, um, yeah, they, <laughs> you know, yeah, that's a lot to be said about that. But yeah, I'm worried about that conscience. You know, how do you sleep at night knowing that you reach millions of people, uh, millions of impressionable youth? Exactly, and, and they're part of the problem. You know, because they're perpetuating the they're perpetuating that stuff. But I want to give the listeners a call, a chance to call in. The number to call in is three four seven two zero two zero two zero seven, and we have Minister Paul Scott. Founder of the Masonic African Nation here in yeah, Durham. Yeah, Messianic African Nation. Yeah. I'm sorry, I stand corrected. That's okay. And That's if right. you have any questions or you want to get in on the conversation, please do feel free to call in. Again, the number is three four seven two zero two zero two zero seven. So, shouldn't it be incumbent upon us to take responsibility for the images that's being portrayed of people of color? I mean, don't we yet have the financial resources to create our own media entities without having to rely on these other corporations to tell us how we should act, how we should behave, what we should think, what we should wear? We have those resources. Um, 
Kathy Hughes, who owns Radio One, she owns 70 radio stations mm -hmm. across the country, mm -hmm. uh, unprecedented. Uh, in every urban area, you're going to find a Radio One station. She has 70 radio stations across the country. Mm -hmm. I don't know how much more black empowerment you can get than having 70 radio stations across mm -hmm. the country. Uh, if you have, if you if you are the CEO of 70 radio stations, you dictate what our people listen to. Mm -hmm. uh, in North Carolina, you know, Kathy Hughes Radio One owns Fox, w, uh, Foxy and WQOK mm -hmm. because uh, a couple of I think about 19. Sometimes in the mid 90s, uh, there was something called deregulation, mm -hmm. whereby you know before you couldn't own but so many radio stations in the market. Uh, that changed in the mid 90s, so you were able to get a monopoly on radio stations. So what uh, Clear Channel and Radio One, the rest of them did, they just went around buying radio stations. Right. But so, owning that many radio stations and, and putting out certain types of content, you know, what's the quality of the programming? Uh, that's a misnomer. There is no quality. <laughs> if, if you look at it, uh, how many, you know, like I said, think uh, the creative for blog radio and, 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 and blogs and and, and other things that people are using to get the word out. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, it's no quality. If you look locally uh, in North Carolina, this area, uh, as far as uh, WQOK and WFXC have 100,000 watts between them. So that's 200,000 watts uh, reaching the entire state, reaching into Virginia, into South Carolina, and way out west and almost to the coast and almost to the mountains. They reach almost every black person in North Carolina, but yet they only have a talk show for one hour, between the two of them now, mm -hmm. a talk show for one hour every week, and only one of those talk shows actually takes calls from listeners. Mm -hmm. So if something happens like a fight in a mall with our young people, and we really need to talk about it, if it happens anywhere within that two-week period, it's old news by the time we can actually comment on it. And I think that's by design. Mm -hmm. Oh, no doubt about it, no doubt about it. Our communities are already saturated and heavily influenced by this pop culture music and other forms of derogatory, stereotypical forms of entertainment mm -hmm. and misleading information. But I feel until we start loving and respecting ourselves, we can't love and respect our neighbors. Mm -hmm. You know, and we have to be very mindful about the image that we're portraying to these young people and the messages that we're sending them. Um, a girlfriend of mine showed me, it, she warned me that it was going to be very disturbing. Some, uh, you, it, was not, it wasn't a YouTube, but some sort of YouTube um, video was being circulated on the Internet, and it, it showed, it depicted elementary school kids dancing and it looked like they were in a corridor and it must have been about 50 kids and the focus was on a girl and a, a little boy and they couldn't have been and I, I kid you not no more than eight or nine years old the way this little girl was dancing was so provocative mm -hmm. i couldn't I, I it shocked the mess out of me the little boy, you know, like to back that thing up, you know, and I don't know what the song was that they were playing, but it was one of those type of songs. Right. And and she was dropping it like it was hot, for lack of a better phrase right now, and I hate to use that phrase. And, right. I mean, these are kids. And I'm th when I saw the little, I, I, I probably watched maybe a second and a half of it because I couldn't take much more. Right. And I'm thinking, you know, what are these kids seeing in their households? 
mm-hmm. know, what are they seeing to make and, and being influenced by to have them. And the, I mean, she was moving and doing all kind of gyrations. Like this is something she'd been doing for a while. And this girl couldn't have been no more than seven or eight years old. And a boy that was behind her doing whatever he was doing was about the same age. What are and they going to be like when, they, when they're teenagers, 12, 11, 13, 14 years old, if they're acting out in that kind of behavior now? And these are the videos that I guarantee if you look at it now, it probably has about 200,000 hits. Uh, these are the things that were circula- uh, circulating at work uh, through our emails. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, look at this video. You know, Have mm-hmm. you seen this video? These are the things that were circulating. Uh, I mean, if, if we could use that energy to circulate information, our community could be empowered overnight. The Honorable uh, Marcus Garvey uh, said in so many words that uh, if, if we as black people get to know ourselves and love ourselves, like he was just saying, uh, you know, our condition would change overnight. Absolutely. And I like one of the things that you talked about when we discussed, when we had our conversation earlier, you mentioned the must-read books. Mm-hmm. Definitely, because these kids really do need to know their history from our own historians, not from other cultures' interpretations of what they think it was like for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's a, I don't have the list in front of me right now, uh, but uh, books like uh, Miseducation of the Negro, I would say, be, would be uh one of the first ones, The Miseducation of the Negro, about the Carter G. Woodson, uh, the autobiography of Malcolm X, uh, Alex Haley, uh, The Conspiracy to Destroy Black Boys, Juwanza Kanjufu. Um, it isn't on the list, but I would even throw in How Europe Underdeveloped uh, Africa by Walter Rodney. Um, you know, books like that, books that will change a young person's outlook on how, them, how they see themselves because they don't know how we got in this condition. They don't know how to exactly. crack down the community, how gangs started. Because since there's no historical basis, they think, okay, that's how black people always been. That's how black people always will be. It's just the way it is. When, sister, it doesn't have to be this way. Absolutely. I mean, so if we who, just say it doesn't have to be this way, it won't be this way. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So um, who do you think are the heroes for this younger generation today? I mean, who are they looking at? Uh, people like to? you with blog radio to take their time <laughs> out to do blog radio shows. I mean, those are the heroes. Um, you know, you got to look in the mirror and find if If you look in the mirror and, and you don't see a hero, something's wrong. Mm. Uh, you know, we. I think the era of charismatic leaders are, are, are over um, because basically uh, there's a book called um, uh, uh, the, uh, not the mistake. There's a book by um, uh, Harold Cruz. Harold Cruz, and the name of it will come to me in a minute. <laughs> but uh, he talks about uh, one of the things he did. He cre- he critiqued uh, black leadership. Oh, Crisis of the Negro Intellectual. That's it. Crisis of the Negro Intellectual. It was written back in the 1960s, and he cr- critiqued uh, black leadership and talked about. Uh, he gave an honest opinion about everybody who was along at that time, Paul Robeson, uh, Marcus Garvey, and everybody. He really critiqued them. So that would be a good uh, start if somebody wants to study, study black heroes and how we looked at people who, you know, maybe we should have been looking at ourselves instead of looking at them. Absolutely. And we have about two minutes left to the show, um, Minister mm-hmm. Scott. So if you want, if if the listeners want to contact you, how can you mm-hmm. be reached? 
Sure. Uh, my website is www.nowarningshotsfired.com. That's nowarningshotsfired.com. And my email is info at nowarningshotsfired.com. Tell us about the nowarningshotsfired.com. How did you come up with the nowarningshotsfired.com? Yeah, that's, that's that my blog because uh, my mentor told me that they should never see you coming. You know, a lot of times in, you know, in the community when we're trying to, especially black people, we always have to apologize and before we speak. I'm not trying to be racist, but I'm not trying to be this, but I'm not trying to be divisive, but. So nowarningshotsfired.com is to just speak your truth as you see it and don't worry about the consequences. Absolutely. And we have about one minute left. And you're listening to Far Rock Live. And the number to call in if you want to get a word in before we end the show is 347-202-0207. Again, you're listening to Far Rock Live on Blog Talk Radio, and this is your host, Shirley. Next week on the show, we will have Phil Perry. However, the show will be on Wednesday instead of Friday to accommodate Mr. Perry's schedule. So do tune in next Wednesday at 10 o'clock, and our guest will be R&B vocalist Phil Perry. So we have about 90 seconds left. Scott, I'm going to let you close the show out with, with the last few words. What okay. Would you say to the listening audience? Thank you. It was an honor being on your program, and I close out with uh, the benediction we use in the Messianic African nation. Although we have been victimized, yet we are not victims. We are strong African people, and in the fullness of time, in the Creator's will, we shall rise again. As I leave you, my brothers and sisters, in the Hebrew words of peace. Shalom alaikum. Alaikum salam. Th- thank you for your time. Thank you. So that was Minister Paul Scott, again, of the Messianic African Nation here in Durham, North Carolina, and his website information, if you want more information, is nowarningshotfire.com. You've been listening to Far Rock Live, and again, this is your host, Shirley. Thank you so much for tuning in, and do take a moment to rate the show. We'd appreciate hearing from you. Have a great weekend.